Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And hello, this is our first time seeing each other since we saw Wicked on Thursday night. Exactly. I feel like the listeners will be like, stop it, we get it, you love Wicked. <laughs> Guys, but Laura is- loves Wicked. I don't know if you know. <laughs> That's not breaking news. What is breaking news is a little something that happened at intermission. I'm hoping that these lovely women are listening because in the intermission of Wicked, the first act ends with the character of Elphaba singing the greatest song of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't even care if it's a basic bitch thing You notice the curtain went down, the lights went on, and I just whipped my head around to look at you. I was yeah. like, she's going to be crying. You- oh, no, yeah. I think I hit my tears very she's well. She's wiping her eyes like, it's fine, guys. I'm like, oh, I saw that. I know. So end of Act 1, I'm weeping. I'm also having to push past people in the Lyric Theatre with a massive Not just boot. people. The Wiggles. The Wiggles. They're sitting next to the Wiggles. So I couldn't put my boot on them. I had to put my boot across to you guys because I've got a broken foot. Anyway, I'm at my worst right now because I'm trying to get out of this crowded theatre. I'm tripping over people. I'm mm-hmm. trying to move down the stairs. You're crying. I'm crying. <laughs> my mascara is running. My face is red and I have a massive moon boot on my foot. And then I hear this lovely woman say, what's your name? I thought like, oh my God, have I just like stepped on her and she wants to know my name, like to yell at me or whatever. And it turns out that she was a spiller and I think some of her friends with her were spillers. She said, I recognize your voice, which immediately I thought, (laughs) oh my God, my voice is so shrill and loud. Like you can hear it through the lyric theater. And now if you're listening to that in your ears every day, I'm so (laughs) sorry. So met some lovely spillers. I didn't even catch their name or say anything. I felt like I should have said more because it's so lovely when people listen to the show and recognize your voice Mm -hmm. and and say something to you. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I'm sobbing. I'm about to fall over. (laughs) I was trying not to step on the wiggles. I've like probably dislocated my hip trying to turn the other way. It was I was in my worst moment. I feel like I made a bad impression on these lovely spillers. I'm sure you didn't. You're such a dramatic person. That was the most dramatic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Listen, I was trying to compose because then I came over and told you yeah. and Charlie and Isabel, the whole spill team was sitting together. The point of the story is that the spill team was very chuffed to hear that and we love when people come up to us and, and say they like Laura our show. And wants to apologise. And I, I promise <laughs> next time, I hope I see those lovely spillers again somewhere, but I promise next time it'll be a better interaction. We'll There'll be less see. tears and falling over. I don't know, man. You can make interactions anything dramatic. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, there's been a much less lighthearted story dominating the headlines this weekend. So we obviously have to discuss the sentencing of Danny Masterson. And to go along with that, the story that his co-stars Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are facing just a really, really intense, heated backlash for defending him during his trial. So here it is, the entertainment news story we need to talk about today.
Quick heads up, this episode we talk a lot about a rape conviction and a rape trial, so if that is not something that you want to hear today, feel free to give this one a miss. So in the last couple of days, the news broke that that 70s show actor Danny Masterson had been sentenced to 30 years to life in prison with eligibility for parole after 25 and a half years, so the harsher end of the sentence for what he was up for, for raping two women about 20 years ago. So if not across this case, it has been in the news cycle for many, many years and it drew a lot of attention not only because of his Hollywood actor status and so many people grew up with watching him on that 70s show and and other projects, but also because of the Church of Scientology of which he's a member and the women who put the accusations forward about rape said they had been previously discouraged from contacting the police and reporting their rape because of the pressure put on them by Scientology. Obviously, that's all been denied, but that's why this has really been in the news cycle. So Danny was charged with three counts of rape in June of 2020 after initially a jury failed to reach verdicts on the three counts of rape that were put forward. And at that time, a mistrial was declared. At the second trial, he was then found guilty of two of the three rapes on May 31st of this year. And the account that he hasn't been found guilty of at the moment was of his longtime girlfriend. We'll kind of get into her story, who he was dating really at the height of his fame on that 70s show. And both these attacks that he has been found guilty of took place also while he was really at his Hollywood fame. So all of this terrible information came out along with the defence that his lawyer had put out accounts of what had happened in the courtrooms or made public knowledge along with what the judge handed down. And one of the most startling things that came out was that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, who are obviously married, they had met on the set of that 70s show many years ago. They played love interests on the show. They starred with Danny. Everyone is across their love story, how they were in other relationships. Then many years later, they found each other and fell in love. They had written character letters along with about 50 other people. Well, not just them, but because obviously their names are the most famous in there, the information mm-hmm. came out. They had written character letters supporting Danny, talking about the role he had played in their lives. And this information came out after he had been convicted. So they were across all the information to come out in court, what the victims had said, what the actual allegations were. And they wrote letters talking about their personal relationship with him and asked for leniency in his sentencing, basically. Yeah. And I think that's the most disturbing part about it is that these letters were written after the trial and about the sentencing, basically arguing for a softer sentence. Yes. And so they had all of that knowledge and he was at that point a convicted rapist and they still wrote the letters along with 50 other people. Exactly. And the letters are long and lengthy and very emotional and they get very, very personal about him as a great person and a great friend and like a mentor and a father and it's just really really disturbing. Yeah, exactly. And they've also really played up the fact of they were all on this Hollywood show together, but behind the scenes that they're a family. One of the things they both centre on, which is quite disturbing, I mean, there's a lot of disturbing things in here, and not just the fact that they were friends with him for 25 years. Mm. I think that when they've got into their apology, which we'll get into later, they're thinking that people are upset with them for being friends with him. But it's not that because we know that these allegations can come out and people in these circles can have no idea. Mm. Or maybe you did believe a friend what people are getting upset about is them saying like okay we understand that this probably happened and this information is true but can't you give the guy a break and one of the things that they really talk about is the fact that when they both met him as young actors 
on that 70s show. He steered them away from drug use. And Mila said, like, he was the one who always said as a young actress to me, like, if that person's doing drugs, they're not a good friend from you. Ashton Kutcher basically said in his letters that his whole life in Hollywood is different because of Danny, which I find quite ironic because the statements from the women, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, so the statements from the woman alleged that Danny was drugging them before raping them. So that's just so galling. What they're trying to argue here is that he is such an important member of society, it would hurt society to put him into prison because of how he has encouraged all of these people to live a drug-free life. And I'm just like, that's not it, guys. Like, just because someone doesn't do drugs doesn't mean that they should stay in the community. They also write in their letters that it's his relationship with his daughter, with his wife, Biju Phillips, who, you know, quite an it girl Hollywood, they've been married many years now is the reason that they are good hands-on parents because they watch Danny be a parent. And they also argued that one of the worst things would be if he was taken away from his daughter. And this is the part that just really riles me up the most because Ashton and Mila, you know, their letters are very similar. Both say that he has led by example as a father and watching his, and this is from Mila Kunis's letter, she said, Danny's role as a husband and father to his daughter has been nothing short of extraordinary. And this is what Ashton Kutcher says in his letter to end it off, which I think is the most damaging thing because he said, I believe Danny Masterson does not pose an ongoing harm to society. Like, who are you to say that? He's raped three women that we know of, convicted of two allegations of the Mm -hmm. other. But how was having him in the world not posing an ongoing threat to society when it's found that he actually did that? He's guilty of that. And that leaving Masterson's daughter without a father would be a tertiary injustice in and of itself. So basically he's saying, I know these rape cases happen and these women have been raped and abused and kept quiet and everything, but guys, you can't leave this little girl without a father. That is an awful injustice of itself. Yeah, and it is, but it's his fault, you know? Like that is not the judges, the justice systems, these women's fault. That is his fault. And if they have a real problem with this daughter growing up without her father, they should be mad at him. Some people out there are saying that this is a separate matter, like we shouldn't pull their Hollywood status into it because at the end of the day, they're just people who are defending a lifelong friend. But their celebrities should play into this and they should be held account from public figures because they're talking about a TV show and stuff that happened around their fame and their TV Mm -hmm. show. They're also bringing in lots of other actors who also put their names to it. And also Mila Kunis and her letters says, my name is Mila Kunis. I'm an actress. Like they're pulling that into it. So this information came out. It blew up everywhere. Fans and people who follow them were like very hurt. It was bad timing for them because they just put up like a joint video ad that they'd done. And the Mm. comments were just like, not even people ripping them, just making a fair point. Like I read your letters. I can't believe the two of you would take that stance. I'll never look at you the same way again. I'll never buy your products, which led to Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis releasing this joint video. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read. Um, 
and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. They're very clearly reading like a teleprompter, just something on their laptop, and it really is not genuine and the way that an apology for something like this really needed to be genuine. And I know like there's so much has been said about people in the public eye having to make apologies and how like there's a right and wrong way to do it. But I think in this case, like it's such a different thing from a normal celebrity apology because it's not some sort of like social faux pas they may or, you know, releasing something that now has had backlash to it in terms of like a movie or a song or something Mm -hmm. like that or clearing up rumors. It's about a rape case. And I I think the air of it, you're right, is very much that we don't really want to be here and we can't believe we even have to explain this to you people. It feels like they weren't aware that those letters would be made public or that the victims would be across what was said. But because it's all part of the court case, it's all in the public record. So of course it is. It sounds more like they're upset that their words got made public, not that they're upset that they might have undermined this case and sided with a rapist over the women who have been found to be telling the truth. Yeah, completely. So let's talk through that backlash after the break. So as you said, Laura, the backlash to this video was really bad and it just joined the backlash to the letters themselves and became this domino effect of really negative things that had happened in Ashton's past, for example. All of these things were being dredged up. I think Christina Ricci actually summed it up pretty well. She has surmised what a lot of people were saying online. So she went on Instagram and said, so sometimes people we loved and admired do horrible things. They might not do these things to us and we only know who they were to us, but that doesn't mean they didn't do the horrible things and to discredit the abused is a crime. People we know as awesome guys can be predators and abusers. It's tough to accept, but we have to. If we say we support victims, women, children, men, boys, then we must be able to take this stance. And she goes on to say that she's known people that were really lovely to her and nice guys, you know, at face value, but they were predators and abusers. And so a lot of people are looking at these letters and this apology from Ashton Mila and saying, yeah, he might have been nice to you, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't not nice. And I think that is the main takeaway people are having from this. Topher Grace, who was obviously Eric on that 70s show, A lot of things have happened in the last few weeks which have almost vindicated him. So his wife, Ashley Hinshaw, she posted on her Instagram story a statement that said, to every rape victim that is re-traumatized by witnessing society debate and focus their attention on what is going to happen to the rapist, I see you. So Topher himself hasn't said anything about this, but people have sort of used that as a proxy of where he stands as well. Something that's interesting is that people have sort of re-evaluated Topher as a character in that 70s show set, in that group of people, because the cast of that show were notoriously very, very tight-knit. And, you know, they'd go home from filming and they'd go to the bar and mm. Topher wasn't with them. Yeah. And he's spoken a lot about how, you know, he just wasn't into that. He wanted to go home and play video games or have a nap. And they would all go to the bar. And he was seen as the diva of the time. Yeah, Yeah, because there's such legend around that show. And it was very much this pack of young stars who Mm -hmm. gelled together and became this family and were also often seen with other very famous young actors at the time, bringing them into this fold. So it was Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Danny Masterson, but also Wilma Vanderama, who has his own kind of Mm -hmm. issues with dating younger women, Laura Prepon. 
were very much this close-knit group of young Hollywood stars who infamously would invite other famous people to the 70s show tapings, like the live nights. They would all go out together. Topher Grace wasn't there. And then Ashton, Danny and Wilma continued to work together. They owned a bar together. Mm. Am I getting, yeah, getting this right? Like very much over the years. Ashton even put Danny on his show, The Ranch, yes. and was really championing his career for many years. When the allegations came out, he did take him off the show. That's what I mean. Like you've been across these allegations for so long. You know what the public's thinking. That also leads into it. And so now people are looking at Topher Grace and thinking maybe he wasn't the outcast or the diva. Maybe he just saw the culture of what these people were doing and the stuff that was happening behind the sets and just decided not to be part of it. Yeah. And as far as I could tell, sort of looking into this this morning, he's never really released any sort of major statement about these rape convictions. But he did say that the truth is that he had never seen any of that stuff from Danny because he was the most boring, as he puts it, that he didn't go out with them. But he never said anything that was like, I can't imagine that that would have happened. So it's been sort of a 180 in Topher Grace's public persona. Yeah. What's also happened over the weekend is this domino effect of people dredging up things from Ashton Kutcher's past in particular, also Mila and just that general cast. So Chrissy Bixley, who, as Laura said, she was Jane Doe 3 throughout the trial. The jury was not able to reach a verdict in her allegations that Masterson had raped her during their relationship. But she has been posting a lot on social media over the last few days, and she's been posting a lot of videos and just content that's from that time when Ashton was in his early 20s, from when the show was at its peak, and just a lot of things that are gross and problematic. There is one in particular where he is being gross and inappropriate about Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff is in Liz McGuire. She also has an album out. Um, she's going to be in a movie called Cheaper by the Dozen. And she's one of the girls that we're all waiting for to turn 18, along with the Olsen twins. It's so gross. It's so gross. And it's not that anyone's calling for Ashton Kutcher to be cancelled that particular comment. Like, there's obviously bigger fish to fry in this scenario. It's more so that it puts a spotlight on how they spoke. And I'm sure that was a sanitised version for TV. How they all spoke, how they all reacted, and their views towards young women. And that's why it's become part of this conversation. Not that anyone wants him raked over the coals for one video. But it's like, well, that's how you were all speaking to each other in front of the camera. So imagine how you were talking behind the scenes. Completely. It's a little bit ironic that Chrissy Bixley is posting all this stuff and it speaks to Ashton Kutcher's character as a whole. We're having this entire conversation because of him defending someone else's character. So Chrissy also reshared Ashley Hinshaw's Instagram story and was just really like thankful that someone that was related to this in some way, even if it was just tangentially through her husband, was posting about it in support. She's also dredged up a bit of a story that, that was in the headlines a few years ago. I feel somewhat uncomfortable about it that we're talking about. So she alleged that Ashton Kutcher had not been truthful in the events that took place on February 21st, 2001. Now, this was the night that Ashley Allerin, who was a woman that he had been dating at the time, was murdered by her neighbour. And I do think it's a little bit weird for us to be talking about a young woman's murder in this way and sort of like, you know, having it in this conversation. But I think, as I said, it sort of is her pointing out his character. And she posted this along with quite a cryptic caption. So she says, you were on speakerphone that night you called Danny. I heard everything. I heard the plan. And sort of the subtext of this is that Ashton Kutcher, who went to court and, you know, Mm -hmm. spoke, testified during the trial of the man who was convicted and sentenced for the murder of Ashley Ellerin, was not truthful in what his sort of recounting of events of that night were. 
Yeah, exactly. And obviously, like, it does look like maybe this conspiracy theory is being pulled into a case where it doesn't belong. And obviously, this part of it is just all allegations and Mm -hmm. piecing things together. But the reason it's important in the conversation is that a lot of people are sort of looking at how much Ashton and Mila have put their own careers and life on the line to support Danny so publicly, not just with these letters, but giving him work over the years, standing up for him, very much entwining their names with his. And on one part, it's like, you know, they have been friends for 25 years. Maybe it's just complete loyalty and they've turned a blind eye, which is problematic, but understandable. Or is there some sort of information that Ashton has done something wrong that Danny has helped him cover up and therefore are standing by him publicly in order to keep those other worst secrets about them coming out. We don't know what's happened here. And some of it's conspiracy theories and some of it is just unanswered questions. But I think the important thing is that it speaks to this idea of these very incredibly powerful people within the entertainment and also, you know, tech industry within the Church of Scientology, all of these different things. And I think it just goes to show that what we're seeing is never going to be the complete story because there's a level of protection for people that are in such a place of power. And they can just make it purposely murky. And I think that is a tactic that we see all the time, you know, because it's impossible to really find out the truth because it is just so many layers of this. I think what's happening is bubbling up on the other side is people thinking, you know, do Ashton and Mila deserve this level of backlash? Because, you know, as you said, there were also about 50 other people who also wrote letters. Among them, you have Deborah Jo Rupp and Kurtwood Smith, who were Kitty and Red on that 70s show. You have other actors. You have Jonathan Tucker, who was on Westwood. You have Jim Patterson, who produced Ashton on Two and a Half Men and also co-created The Ranch that starred both Danny and Ashton. You even had Billy Baldwin, who is Danny's brother-in-law. Yeah. I mean, that's getting into a whole other problematic section of Hollywood. To end this here, like, obviously, we're not really going to have a clean-cut ending to this. I mean, Danny Masterson has been sentenced, and we know from some of the people who were involved who put out statements that, obviously, it doesn't fix anything, but they do feel a sense of relief that even though he wasn't found guilty on all counts, he was found guilty on two, and that he is going to prison for a very, very Mm -hmm. long time. But I think also where Mila and Ashton are concerned... I think this will always stay with them, but obviously they're not going to like be cancelled or lose their careers or anything like that. There's too much of protection around rich, powerful, famous people. Mm-hmm. But I actually am okay with this being linked to their names forevermore because they made a choice that impacts people. And if you're going to use your celebrity to try and impact the law, you have to wear the weight of that impacting who you are in culture and entertainment forevermore. Thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Taylor Strano with audio production by Scott Stronach. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. See ya. Bye.